Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 230 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. Um, Just as a follow-up to last week's podcast, I know I tweeted it out, but I'm sure there might be one or two of our thousands of listeners that don't follow me on Twitter. So I do want to apologize to you that I was unable to find that Jeff Jarrett signed 8x10. Well, you found some other stuff. Yes, I did. <laughs> and uh, again, I, I, I don't listen to the voicemail ahead of time, but sometimes it gives you like that text preview. Yeah. And I have a feeling there's at least one call in regards to some of the other stuff that you unearthed last week. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. But I knew there was a spot, like there was a tote in the closet of my toy room buried behind a bunch of other stuff. So I had to do a little bit of excavating just to find that tote. But I knew that in that tote were a bunch of like pictures, like just regular four by sixes and eight by tens, uh, as well as what I thought was my entire autograph collection. And the fact that the Jarrett's not there, there's a chance because it was at a wizard world comic con that it could just randomly it be in one of my long boxes, but I don't think so. I think it might be lost to time. Mm. So I'm sad. That's a shame. It should have been immediately put into a frame and put up on the wall, you know? <laughs> it should have. I know. Yeah. It should it's like take down pictures of family and just put give Double J the, the king of the mountain of the wall, you know? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of uh, monarchs of the mountain... Uh, I got a chance to listen to our good friend the Boar on uh, Wrestling Cheers this week. Yeah, I, I listened to it this morning. Yep, yep. It was uh, appointment listening, as it were. Um, I think I said it on Longbox Heroes. I ju- I assume that everyone, like each of my shows, have their own individual audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm always surprised when somebody who listens to like Longbox Heroes listens to this, or somebody that listens to the. I, there's be I do know. There's a smattering of people that just listen to After Dark, right? Yeah. Um, but when the boar goes and he makes an appearance on another podcast like this, we need to give his appearance the boar bump because he ain't giving any bumps away for free, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but he did he did a good job, uh, him and Justin, a little too uh, much fake sports talking up front for me. Uh, but it's always interesting. It's one thing for us to have like a conversation via text about it but it's another thing for the board to publicly state his Montreal screw job theory. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first time I've heard him say it into a microphone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So at least at the very least for that. Um I know less listen to the show Kenny of the Mystery Men, I think he put a timestamp about 50 minutes in is when they start talking about Mr. Hitman and I think that's where we get into uh the good advice Mr. Hitman gave the board at a young age. He's still a young man, don't let him fool you. He's young compared to us. Young compared to us, which ain't saying much. And, uh, of course, uh, the Boar's Montreal Screwjob Theory, which is absolutely worth a listen. Yeah, plus Summers said that my comments in the past about Guardians fans only watching playoff baseball was a slap in the face. And then a few seconds later, he said he doesn't really like like the regular season of baseball. It's too long. <laughs> you know, So well, I feel like I've been validated on that. Well, he doesn't like it, but he still watches it. Man. Uh, I think it was implied that he doesn't watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I got the edit that was just the boar. It was just the boar talking. No, I'm kidding. Oh, so it was just him talking to an empty, like a, a vacuum, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a good listen. Everybody go check that out. You know, always support Mr. Pig. 
Yeah, yeah. We always, uh, you know, we always mention wrestling cheers, but we'll put like a special link to it here in the show notes, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, we got a big show, fingers crossed. Uh, and let's get into one of my favorite parts. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. A huge This Day in Wrestling History. Oh. And, and we are going to go just a smidge out of order because I want to save a big one for the end. Um, a lot of this stuff we're just going to like, you know, we're going to mention it. We're going to go through it, you know. Uh, this day in wrestling history, uh, 1990. Again, this uh, hits that cusp for Adam. You know, it was 33 years ago. Yeah, it's right uh, in the infancy of wrestling, but it counts. Right. This was one of the Friday night WF primetime main events. Um, it was a two-match card. It was Ultimate Warrior versus Dino Bravo and Hulkster versus the Macho King with originally Mike Tyson as the special guest referee. But in between them announcing this and them taping this, Mike Tyson lost the world boxing heavyweight title Mm -hmm. to Buster Douglas. So World Wrestling Entertainment scrambled and got Buster Douglas to take his place. Yeah, that was a common thing back in the day. Like, they scrambled, I'm pretty sure... There was supposed to be, I could be completely wrong about this, but there was supposed to be a sequel to Mike Tyson's punch out that quickly got changed to like Buster Douglas. And yeah, Genesis you know. hopped on and got a Buster Douglas game out. Yeah. 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 But I, I have no memory of that happening. You know, it, if it wasn't on a pay per view back in 90, that might have been a little early for me, but I did see the, uh, you know, the dude retweeted out a clip of that earlier today and I got a chance to check it out. Yeah, well, the you know obviously the original hype up was because we're on the road to WrestleMania, Hogan versus Warrior, which again is where you started your wrestling fandom. Yep. Uh, but this was essentially the the thought the initial thought behind this was Mania Five did so well with Hogan and Macho as the main event that they thought if they gave Hogan versus Macho, which was again a main event from WrestleMania less than a year prior, uh, away on free TV, that would have did good numbers, and it did. You know. Um, wrestling was still in a boom period during this time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of another boom period, this day in wrestling history, 1997, uh, World Championship Wrestling had Super Brawl 7 from San Francisco, California. Uh, you know, this is your general early day NWO pay-per-view. Uh, NWO is only about six, seven months old at this point. Um, the standouts on this would be uh, Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan in like a Falls Count Anywhere. They they called it a San Francisco death match, but they would always like just kill each other on pay per view, pun intended. When it comes <laughs> to versus Benoit, <laughs> it's not the last time Kevin Sullivan killed somebody. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. And this is Hogan versus Piper for the with the title on the line. So of course this is where Hogan wins. Yeah, of course. Hogan's got a pose. Also, this day in wrestling history, 1998, is our Raw vs. Nitro head-to-head. Again, crazy. I love when stuff like this works out. So, 97, Super Brawl, San Francisco, pay-per-view. A year later, they're in the same building for a a Nitro, right? Okay. Uh, Super Brawl 8 was the night before. Uh, Tons of stuff happened on Super Brawl that the fallout is happening here on uh nitro most importantly this is the debut of short bleach blonde 
white tights hair Scott Steiner. Okay. Um, he had like the ponytail before that, but still was, you know, juiced out of his mind and still looked like Scott Steiner, but didn't have the short hair. Okay. Right. Like he had been slowly, like as part of the Steiner brothers team, he had been growing the goatee. He had been wearing like the weight belt with his tights. He turned on Rick the night before. And then this next night on thunder, he comes or thunder on nitro. He comes out with the short hair. It's bleach blonde, you know, the sunglasses, the emphasis, you know, he puts a little extra shoe polish in the goatee to make it pop. And he's White Thunder Scott Steiner. Wow, I have no memory of that either. He was White Thunder Scott Steiner for like two or three weeks before they changed it over to Big Papa Pump. Oh, man, we need a fig that says White Thunder on it. Yeah. <laughs> now, in a lesser known uh, debut for the NWO, just in the middle of a random sting beatdown at the end of the sh- end of the show, uh, the, <laughs> the Disciple debuts as part of the NWO. I was always like unjustifiably mad that he didn't get a push as the disciple because he was, he was height of powers as far as like hair, you know, he didn't have a mullet and I thought that was cool. And he had a cool beard. If you have a cool beard, that's automatically a couple extra points. And uh, I just, I, I was always shocked that he ended up being like such a job guy for his short period in the NWO. He, he does. Well, okay. I don't want to give away, like, August, September of 98. <laughs> yeah. But apparently you forget the push that he does get. I mean, I guess I do, clearly. <laughs> but I don't remember him being, like, having any like, top matches against any of the WCW guys. Uh, does being part of the One Warrior Nation not mean anything to you, Adam? It, it clearly does not. <laughs> All right. Um, but... Uh, the big uh, one of the bigger things, one of the more longer lasting things that happened on this episode of Nitro, again Fallout from Super Brawl the night before, Jericho defeats Juventud Guerrera, aka Quasi Juice, makes him unmask, and we get to all see how hideous Juventud Guerrera is. <laughs> Look away! <laughs> and Jericho comes out on Nitro here wearing Juventud's mask, and for the first time ever tells us that based on his popularity, they're renaming the show to Monday Night Jericho. Oh, man. See, it's a shame that I'm blocked by Chris Jericho because there was not a single shirt I wanted more in my entire early wrestling fandom than a Monday Night Jericho shirt. Because WCW shirts weren't like WWE, where you could just go to a store and buy them, even if it was like a bootleg. Not the Northeast. I want to preface that. Um... I know there's people, like, if you lived in, like, the south or the Midwest, and you would go to, like, Walmarts and stuff, there was just as much WCW stuff at those places as there was WWF stuff. Yeah, definitely not down here. Like, here, you'd be lucky if you saw a commercial with a 1-800 number to order, but most of the time it was, like, a magazine ad, and you had to send a self-addressed, you know, stamped envelope or money order to an address. I really wanted one of those Monday Night Jericho shirts. I'm surprised they haven't done, like, well, you know, we'll get to that in weekly purchases. How about okay. that? Yeah, like maybe a, a, a limited, a boutique offering. Yes, you know? there you go. <laughs> a boutique repressing. Yes, <laughs> authorized. <laughs> uh, so on on Raw, uh, you know, again, Raw is on the come up a little bit, but still not there just yet. It's a taped Raw from the week prior. Um, 
Shawn Michaels isn't even on the show. He sends in a taped promo from his house. Always wanted to contribute, at least. Um, and then it's essentially, you know, you get a bunch of B and C level stuff. Uh, after another loss to the New Age Outlaws, the LOD turn on each other and start brawling. All right. Uh, after multiple weeks of coming out dressed as different people, uh, the artist formerly known as Goldust comes out as Dust Dust, where he's dressed as Dusty with the polka dots and does that whole thing and gets smeared by Bradshaw in a match. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that was Vince's idea. Well, uh, so they, they post the clip and it's not worth playing because it's not great. Like the is as sad as it is to say, like Dustin's impersonation of Dusty isn't great. Is it better than Cody's weekly impersonation of Dusty? Yes, but that's a very low bar. <laughs> and he like he goes on like way too long, repeating the same material over and over again. And it's real weird. I said to someone that at that time, Dustin's impersonation of Dusty sounded like Bruce Pritchard's normal speaking voice. <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know? A little bit, yeah. And in a stunning turn of events, after uh, yet another loss on TV, uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, has decided to part ways with Jim Cornette and his NWA faction. Oh, man. I hope that at least the NWA faction will continue to go on for a while and not lose any steam. Because well, it sounds awesome. The Headbangers do defeat the Rock and Roll Express for the NWA uh, tag titles on this show. And I think that's the last time any of this is ever mentioned. Oh, Is any of it recognized in the TNA lineage? No. Oh, This is, this is all bullshit. I hate it. Um... Oh, again, this day in wrestling history, 2003, again, 20 years ago, we're all very old. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment held no way out from Montreal, Quebec. Hmm, pay-per-views in Montreal, Qu Quebec, huh? <laughs> um, and it's a very 2003 WWF show as we have Brock Lesnar, like Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit taking on uh, all three members of Team Angle. Uh, Scott Steiner's last attempt to be a main eventer in WWE. And uh, we have Heel Rock taking on Babyface Hulk Hogan in the main event. And this is the debut of the long Hollywood Rock entrance video. Okay. Yeah, with like the helicopters yeah. and shit like yeah. that. The highway, yeah. Alright. Yeah, God, oh, man, 2003. I, I literally just, I graduated college in 2003, and I tweeted something out the other day about my reunion coming up, and I right. thought, I, my original tweet said 10 years, and I had to delete it, and I'm like, fuck, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> We're all very old, Adam. Yeah. Uh, this day in wrestling history, though, if it makes you feel any better, nine years ago, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held the Elimination Chamber in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, with such matches as Big E versus Jack Swagger, the New Age Outlaws versus the Usos, and Batista versus Alberto Del Rio. Ugh, yikes. <laughs> now, I am leading with the crap, because this show also has uh, the Wyatt Family versus the Shield Six-Man, which is amazing. Yeah, it, they had the match at Mania as well. Was Mania after this? Yes. Is that the rematch? Okay. Yeah, those were both phenomenal. Yes. Uh, also on this day in wrestling history, like I said, it's a big one. 13 years ago, Adam, 
uh, right. was the first ever episode of NXT Live. Uh, this replaced on the schedule ECW on Sci-Fi. This was the eight rookies and the eight pros season. <laughs> All right. Now, I was going to do a bit to see if I could like go through and name the pros and if you can name their rookies or vice versa. But instead, I'll just tell you that I had... So this was the show that was main evented by then world champion taking on Daniel Bryan. Yeah. yeah. And the, if you remember, that match was fucking awesome, right? Yeah, and the, uh, Daniel Bryan, like, the only person on that season to, like, never win a match, if I'm, my memory mis- isn't mistaken. Correct. <laughs> um, but I had this, because this was live, I had this stooged off to me uh, several hours before the shows went, like... Somebody who was at the building mm-hmm. sent me a text and said, hey, watch NXT tonight. I go, okay. I was going to anyway. Why? And he goes, Jericho for D- versus Danielson. And that was it. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I remember watching that show, and I didn't hate it. You know, I don't know if I was just dumb. But, you know, obviously, I, I didn't know Brian Danielson other than the fact that he was hyped. And I – because – I didn't watch Ring of Honor, but I just knew here here comes a guy who's supposed to be awesome. And I enjoyed that season. I hated the fact that Daniel Bryan never got any wins, but I did end up being a huge Nexus mark. So I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm dumb. <laughs> well, and again, Adam, you say you didn't watch Ring of Honor at this time. On this day, 21 years ago was the first ever Ring of Honor show. All right. What do we got? Okay. Uh, retconned, we no longer acknowledge the opening match of the Hit Squad versus the Christopher Street Connection. All right. And let's just say, and with very good cause, (laughs) we have now uh, stated that the first ever match in Ring of Honor history is Amazing Red versus Jay Briscoe. Seems safer. Uh, Accompanied to the ring by Mark Briscoe, who was only 17 at the time and was not allowed to wrestle legally in the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, bunch of sticklers. Yes. Uh, Xavier versus the Black Nature Boys, Scoot Andrews. Never heard of him. All right. The Boogie Knights taking on the Natural Born Sinners. Uh, the only person that you would know from that is one of the Natural Born Sinners was Homicide. All right. I know him. Okay. Uh, quiet in a, in a, like a six-person scrambly match was the, uh, the SATs, the Maximos. Uh, taking on Chris Devine, Brian XL, Quiet Storm, and The Amazing Red. Wrestles twice in the same show for some reason. <laughs> Somebody missed a car ride. Uh, Prince Nana versus uh, Towel Boy Eric Tuttle. Nope, no clue. All right. In the uh, Texas Wrestling Academy offer match, Michael Shane and Oz, not Kevin Nash, oh. take on Akia Loa and Spanky. Uh, I know 50% of the, that those teams right for the iwa puerto rico intercontinental championship super crazy took on eddie guerrero i know both of them and in the main event uh was low-key versus christopher daniels versus brian danielson uh i like two of them <laughs> <laughs> so i was not at this show live my first live uh ring of honor show would not be until june uh, I had heard about this show, but I'm like, okay. Like, it was more so being built off the back of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was in between stints at World Wrestling Entertainment. He would get rehired uh, within the next couple of weeks here. 
and then they would still let him continue out his uh, independent bookings. Um, but this show, the start of this promotion and everything that it's gone through, kept so many people, myself included, still being fans of professional wrestling to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because once I saw these shows, once I started going to Ring of Honor shows, and like I said, I'm not the only one, like, and I'm just a dope who's still a fan of wrestling as a podcast, right? But this show inspired so many people to become wrestlers. So many people to start wrestling promotions. Tony Khan will tell you it was because of Ring of Honor that, like, AEW exists, for better or for worse, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris Harrington, who's the numbers guy, uh, like, crunches all the, 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 the financials and everything for AEW. He was at this show with Brody and Colin and Cheech and, like, that group of guys in Rochester drove from Rochester to Philly, like, all, like, with Amazing Red stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, And just, like, so many people were live for this show. So many people were influenced to become wrestling fans. Like, after, like, there were people who, after WCW went away, like, they didn't start watching wrestling again almost until this, you know? Mm. And uh, actually, it was, so, WCW goes away, ECW goes away. RF Video tries to buy CZW because so much of Feinstein's business was selling ECW fan cams and illegally selling ECW TV. ECW goes out of business. His cash cow is gone. So he wants to buy CZW. Zandig tells him to fuck off. So Rob is like, I'll just start my own promotion, right? Yeah. And there was a show out in California at, at the middle of 2001 uh, like best of the super indies and it was that show a lot of the guys that you would see come through ring of honor to through 2002 were guys that were on that show but like feinstein also took like we're gonna take some of the best of like ecwa we're gonna take some of the best of some guys from florida we're gonna take the best of jersey all pro and then as the 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 weeks and months of shows go on we're gonna take guys from iw mid-south we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and like Ring of Honor, even at this time, is like the first super indie. And I will say, this card, if you were to watch this today, does not hold up. Okay? Yeah. You're opening two ma- Like, Jay Briscoe and Red is a really good sprint, and your last two matches are really good. The rest of the show sucks by today's standards. It does not hold up. But in 2002, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, like, as somebody, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you do a wrestling podcast. You must really love wrestling. And I I say to them, I like wrestling. Come on, I don't (laughs) love wrestling. But back in the 90s, you know, whether it be because of ECW, the NWO, the Attitude Era, I loved wrestling. And as you said, when two of those companies shut down and then I was left with like the ruthless aggression era of WWE. That's when I started to wane and lose interest, even though like I, you know, I I had done the wrestling school attempt twice. If I had discovered ring of honor, I don't know where I would be right now. Like would have, I have continued, you know, trying to be involved in wrestling. Would I have loved it more? I just don't know. Like who would I have gotten to know, like, would I have ended up in Chikara with you, Joe? I don't know. Like, it's just funny, the what-ifs, if I had discovered Ring of Honor, because there was just such a long period of me just not caring about wrestling that caused me to, you know, lose the the bug. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I'm someone who never lost the bug. You know, yeah. I started watching wrestling in 1984, and I just never stopped. You know, obviously, there would be different times where I would watch more than I would during other times. But, you know, there was a period, like a, a very small period of time um, when ECW and WCW went away, when all there was was WWF. You know, all there was was WWF. And then... You know, I, I get Ring of Honor and I see all these guys and I'm like, oh, well, I want to see more of this guy. It's like, oh, well, they wrestle in this promotion called IW Mid-South or, hey, you know, we're going to we're a couple shows away. And like if this lines up properly, like we're going to hit like all the 2002 Ring of Honor shows like mm-hmm. that's amazing to me that we're going to get a chance to talk about those shows, you know, yeah. um, and I would be remiss not to mention there's two other podcasts out there, um, an honorable mention uh, hosted by the uh, Scotty Pippen of Azrael Collecting, Shane Hagedorn. They don't do it, like, in chronological order. It's just, like, randomly they do shows, right? Yeah. And then uh, through the years does chronologically from the very beginning of Ring of Honor. I know there's people that have just gotten into the podcast recently. I think they're up to, like, mid-2006. Um, or, yeah, mid-2006 at this point. But, like, I don't know, go sign up for Honor Club, too. You know, go watch some of this stuff just to see where so many people's, like, wrestling fandom came from. And we're not going to do deep dives on these shows, but this is, like, the first show. Like, I'd be remiss not to talk about it, you know? We'll wait till June when we talk about the first show that I ever attended live, and that'll be, like, a 40-minute segment, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and I just don't even know, like, how I would have gotten exposed to it because, obviously, it wasn't on TV. It was just more of a... if correct me if I'm wrong, more of like a tape trader thing at this time. And, you know, nobody I knew watched anything other than what was on TV. Yeah. So, well, the, the way that a lot of people found out about it was like, obviously they really catered to people who were going to the Indies at that time, whether it be CZW, Jersey, all pro ECWA in like that tri-state area. But also if you were on the RF video mailing list, which essentially was the ECW mailing list, when ECW went out of business, Rob would just spam you with his monthly catalogs. Yeah. And then eventually he has a promotion coming out and there you go. You know? Yeah. Well, a a big, a big miss on my half, my behalf. But that's the thing. It's not like, Oh man, you missed out. Like, Hey, you're still, you're you're still a fan of wrestling, you know? No, Um, sure. But like I'm saying, like what would have been different, you know, a butterfly effect scenario. Right. I, I always think back to my days of going to the ECW arena. If I knew then at 18, 19 years old, that if you just show up early and are willing to work for free, you can get in the business. <laughs> yeah. Like that's one of those ones. Like if I knew that then, where would my life be? And I'd probably be dead, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you would have had a good time before that. I would have had a great time before that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so again, big This Day in Wrestling history. Let's get into this past week. Where would you like to begin? Uh, I'm going to start with something that absolutely feels like ancient history because (laughs) it happened way, way, way back on Saturday. And I feel like we should talk about the Elimination Chamber, specifically Sammy versus Roman. And I just want to say, first of all, at the end of the day, I don't care you know, there's a lot of hot takes out there. People being like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Sammy should have won this. We've already made our opinions pretty clear on what we would have hoped would have been the road to WrestleMania. But, you know, again, 
this WWE, it's so far down the list of my priorities that I knew what was going to happen going into it. It was just a matter of how they got there. And whether it be like, you know, final wrestling place or we need wrestling, we all pretty much agree that the bloodline stuff was the most compelling stuff in the WWE. So it was nice to see that Sammy got to kick out of a bunch of Roman's finishers, you know, whether it be the Spears or the Superman punch. He survived some outside interference. But at the end of the day, he's still lost, and now he's looking like he's going to be feuding with Baron Corbin. Uh, you know, they, they they say that Vince knows what we want more than we do. Uh, not that Vince is booking WWE, absolutely not. No, no truth to that. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to say I'm just dis- I'm not sad. I'm disappointed. But it is what we expected. At least we didn't have Sammy winning by countout and celebrating like we worried about last week. Um, so, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, um, you know, our opinions and you do know our opinions and you're going to, you talked about elimination chamber, but before we get to elimination chamber, we got to talk about SmackDown the night before. Okay. And the whole show was built up as a Sami Zayn homecoming and the end of the show, uh, is Sammy coming out and he gets the last 10 minutes of the show. And of that last 10 minutes of the show, seven minutes of it is the crowd just chanting the entire time Mm. for Sammy, for Sammy. You know, you deserve it. Sammy Zayn, ole ole. Then they start chanting, fuck you, Roman, and they got to cut the audio, right? Yeah, they even cut the video at one point. They they panicked. (laughs) So then Sammy gets on the mic, and he cuts. He, He has 90 seconds left before they have the hard out because they're on Fox. There is no overrun. And in French, he says that tomorrow, Roman, you're in my fucking house. And the crowd just goes wild. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that moment he was not winning. Any thought, any small inkling, any small hope that I had of Sami Zayn even getting a fluke victory and them hot shotting the title, all the different scenarios that we laid out, I knew at that moment and this is crazy to say, he was too over, right? Mm-hmm. So the match comes, and the pay-per-view was fine. Go listen to Tim and Marcus on Viewer's Choice. They do a full rundown of the pay-per-view. But because I have that in my head, I didn't like the main event of the Elimination Chamber because I didn't bite on any of the finishes. I liked the bit at the beginning where it was like the first five minutes was just them standing across the ring from each other and the crowd just going ape shit back and forth, you know? Yeah, that was kind of, uh, I don't want to say Hogan and Rock because they were both getting cheered with Hogan and Rock, but uh, it was definitely, it was awesome to see the ovation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it just gave the match a different sort of feel, but like the whole time I'm like, none of this matters because Sammy's not winning, right? Yeah. And then they're hitting all these big moves and they're coming close in the finishers. And I did not bite on a single false finish because I knew we weren't getting a finish until we got all of our ref bumps and our run-ins and our everything else. And then all the people, and again, I, I'm not taking into consideration what people say online, whatever your opinion, like so many people are like, oh, this is a great match. The finish stunk. And I'm just like, it might've been a great match, but I couldn't get invested in it because I knew Sammy wasn't going to win. And that stunk. Now, he had a match with Baron Corbin on Monday. I don't think that's going to be like a full blown program with uh, Baron Corbin. God forbid. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But they got, what, uh, if I do my Gazintas, they got five weeks before WrestleMania to build something up. And it, they're definitely building up, you know, the, the reconciliation between Sammy and Kevin. Um, is that as good as winning the title off Roman Reigns? I don't know. You know, no. when you get people invested in a storyline and you pull the rug out from underneath them and like the fans organically create this super mega baby face, but then you have this other mega baby face, not a super mega baby face, but a baby face that the plan since the day after last year's WrestleMania was for him to win the title at next year's WrestleMania. And we're not going to deviate from that plan. Sometimes there could be a detour on the road to WrestleMania, you know, mm-hmm. always not a straight shot, but unfortunately in this instance, it is the crowd hasn't turned on Cody yet. I really thought they were going to turn on Cody when he came out um, on Monday. They didn't. Cody's not my guy. It's not like Sammy's like I'm like Sammy's one of my top five or top 10 favorite guys. I like Sammy a lot. I think he's really good, but they built a great story. And I'm just afraid that what payoff non-financial compensation that he's going to get may not be satisfying enough, you know, and there's people that are like, Oh, look at those crowd, the the faces of those crowds. And I said last week on the show that I'm like, if Sammy doesn't win, they're going to kill that town. And I'm like, who am I kidding? This is WWE. They've been killing towns for 20 some years. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of towns. (laughs) There's a lot lot more towns for them to go through and kill until there's only like 10 left, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was just a little bit of a come down because I knew Sammy wasn't going to win. I knew Friday night he wasn't going to win. I was hyped up. That promo got me fired up, but bummed out at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I didn't buy any of the finishes, you know, or, or bite on any of them. And if we get at Mania, Sammy and Owens beating the Usos and becoming the universal or the undisputed tag team champs, you know, you can drop the confetti and have it end night one. And I'm still not going to think that that's, you know, anywhere close to him being involved in the world title picture. But, you know, like I said, it is what it is. I didn't expect him to win. I was just hoping that, you know, as a reward for having really, I don't want to even say the most watchable, but the only watchable thing over the past year in that company I was just hoping that they wouldn't have done them as dirty as they did. And obviously, a lot of people said this. I think they said it on a viewer's choice that, you know, you save Kevin Owens to come out until after the match so that, you know, hopefully his pop will send people home happy. Like, that's such a lazy booking thing to be like, oh, all of these people who came here to see Sami Zayn fight Roman and win the title, hopefully, they'll be okay if we just send out Kevin Owens when it doesn't matter. Uh, It it was just all a bunch of head-scratching stuff. But, you know, again, I don't care because I expected it. So, I will say there is something uh, that I did bite on the uh, false finishes for. And that was the Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta match on uh, Dynamite this week. Oh, okay. I love this match. I thought it was awesome. And the last, like, five to six minutes, I thought every single pin was the finish. 
See, for I just want to say this was also in my talking points, but when you said that you bought like all the false finishes and that it was probably one of the best matches on Dynamite, I thought you were going to go with Sky Blue versus Soraya. But <laughs> no, I agree with you. I love the Yuta being like a dick, having the youngest child syndrome in the Blackpool Combat Club. Like he's with these guys, but like he's got this chip on his shoulder. So he's kind of an asshole. Uh, and I, I love that. And, you know, Claudio coming out and just slapping the shit out of him for not being aggressive enough and, you know, trying to chain wrestle instead of striking and Yuta losing his mind whenever OC was doing his shtick. But, you know, I'm sure that you would get to this, but when it got to the point where OC and Yuta were trading like stiff forearms and then OC does the Blackpool Combat Club elbow strikes, I was like, holy shit, this might be one of Orange Cassidy's best matches in AEW. And, like, anybody who looks at him doing, like, the, the hands-in-the-pockets thing and be like, oh, he can't wrestle. They need, first of all, they're an idiot and an asshole, but they need to watch this match. It wasn't until after the match was over, live, and I watched it a second time because I enjoyed it that much, that I sat there and I'm thinking to myself, how could these people that hate what OC does watch this match and say this guy can't wrestle, or this guy's not good, or this guy's not this. And I'm like, oh, it's because they've created a false narrative in in their head. And somebody else pointed out that Orange Cassidy has been on national TV for almost four years at this point. He's not going away. He's one of the best guys they have. He's one of the guys that Tony trusts the most to put in there from your, you know, your best worker to your worst worker, to whomever, they have a match at Orange Cassidy. And that's your sink or swim moment. And if you can't see that, or you choose not to see that to continue your bit, maybe wrestling has passed you by and it's time to get a new hobby. Yeah. And I think they said uh, that was his 19th win in a row. You know, so there's very few people aside from like your Moxley's and MJF level people that are on that type of winning streak. Well, um, when he came out for the main event, they also said that Player Uno wasn't a 19-match winning streak as well. <laughs> well, those are all on dark. <laughs> and I think those um, have been over the last four years. But anyway, not, you know, with over the last, like, 19 weeks. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, Orange Cassidy's have all, I mean, most of them have been on television and title defenses and, I don't want to say marquee matchups, but, you know, maybe main eventing Rampage and stuff like that, you know. But... Uh, the only nitpick I'll do with the match is that obviously it opened the show and I'm, I'm fine with that. And at the 18 minute mark, commentary made it a point to bring up the fact that it was a 20 minute time limit. So like around then I looked at I started looking at the clock and I feel like Orange Cassidy won the match with like at like 19 minutes and 50 seconds. Or something like that. It was very close to the 20 minute mark. And I thought that there could have been some opportunity there to have a draw to run it back. And that would have been and that would have been cool, too. I think they can still run it back. Um, You know, they do the bit at the end where like OC offers the handshake because Wheeler's the Ring of Honor pure champion. Claudio's the Ring of Honor world champion. You can start mixing the Blackpool Combat Club guys with the best friends a little bit later down the road, whenever you want to pick that up, of course. Um, But yeah, so with the mention of the time limit on commentary, I thought that was great as opposed to, 
when they telegraph that it is going to be a time limit draw, you get the countdown from the ring announcer during the match, you know? Yeah. Like, there's five minutes left to go, or whatever it is. And I absolutely agree that you can you can run it back, and I'm looking forward to it if they do, but I think that having a draw, you know, not that the records mean anything, but, you know, they show the records all the time, and it would have been nice to just see you to not get the loss there. For sure. But... All right, we overlap there, Joe. I, I, I've already said my two things, but I'll just throw this out there. Uh, once again, somebody else getting the gender-neutral monarch tourney bump, and that is CPA wins the, uh, along with his partner that I don't know, won the cap tag team titles. So again, you're in the tournament. You win a couple rounds of the tourney. Good things happen. And obviously the gender-neutral monarch of the mountain We'll soon be facing Logan Easton Laroe and getting that that belt. So a lot of gold coming to the tournament. Well, listen, Adam, you mentioned about people in the gender neutral monarch of at odds tournament. You pe- talking about people competing for tag team titles. <laughs> That's right. There was never a question in my mind that the winner of the tag team battle royal on Dynamite this past week. Okay, maybe I thought. Uh, 3.0 we're going to win because they spent most of the match on the outside of the ring. But when it got to the end and they were doing all the goofy spots with Satnam Singh saving Jeff and Jay Lethal, whether it be the bar where they do the both, they both do the timber fall back and Satnam catches them each with one hand. Mm-hmm. Or then Jay gets eliminated and it's just Jeff in there and Satnam catches them and like not only carries them, but like twirls Jeff around like he's a child. <laughs> Before putting him back into the ring. Adam, one more time. They say, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me a second time. I won't get fooled again. Third time, Jeff Jarrett and his unnamed partner are going to win the tag titles at Revolution. (laughs) I was very surprised. Doesn't matter who the fourth team is. You want to put Ozzy Open in there. You want to put the Young Bucks in there. You want to put... Uh, double trouble crap on a stick in there. None of it matters. Pay-per-view, double J, let's go. <laughs> or FTR, which is what I'm seeing a lot of people speculating. But um, I-, I was very surprised by the ending of that Battle Royal because it was kind of set up with all of the heel chicanery that you mentioned with Satnam Singh saving Jarrett and saving his unnamed partner. It only made sense that... Uh, what was it? Trent would, would end up getting the, the baby face comeback. So when that didn't happen, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. This was almost paint by numbers in a good way. Like it was going how you would expect, you know, a heel two on one or three on one advantage to go. So you're like, okay, this is entertaining. I like it, but obviously Trent's going to come from behind and win this thing. And it seemed like he was going to, when it got down to just him and Jarrett and then they swerved me and they had Jarrett win. And despite uh, any rumors to the contrary, I've been a big Jeff Jarrett fan since like 2000. Yeah. 2000. So uh, yeah, now I'm here for it. I don't think he's winning the tag titles at revolution. I think you're setting yourself up for some disappointment there, but I'm glad that you're happy. I enjoy watching you enjoy watching Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) Uh, I I also got a chance and uh, you know, I mentioned this of course to you, um, uh, you know, watching Jeff Jarrett, you know, there was a a 90 minute episode of dark that was on this past week. Uh, but there was a Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh versus uh, Brandon and Brent Tate, the boys, right? Okay. Of course, I had to watch that match because, again, it's Double J, right? 
It's mostly yeah. just him stooging off while Satnam comes in and does most of the work. Um, but, Adam, I, I don't know if you're busy uh, this weekend, um, but if you need to borrow the copter, the soon-to-be-named network copter, and head on down to Universal Studios, because I understand it in conjunction with the Ring of Honor TV tapings that they're doing this weekend, they're also doing a meet-and-greet. Okay. And one of the people that you could meet and greet with on Sunday is Sky Blue. Oh, <gasps> uh, yeah, a uh, <laughs> little bit of a haul, but I don't know. What kind of gas mileage does the, the copter get? <laughs> uh, it gets uh, one sky zero with clouds. So <laughs> start saving up your pennies, huh? Yeah, I might. Uh, God damn it. LVAC book sky blue so I don't have to travel to Florida. <laughs> How about LVAC book another show, huh? Yeah, well, that too, uh, you know. I settle for AIW. I'd make the trip out to Cleveland. Yeah, you, you see, uh, they stacked up the uh, the next card coming up. They got uh, Waltman. They got uh, Thatcher. Tim Thatcher. And I forget what her NXT name is, but uh, Steph DeLander is there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the show was already sold out before they announced uh, Steph DeLander being on the show. So I'm glad the uh, Cleveland ter- uh, the Cleveland territory is up. Not that I had any doubts, you know. No, absolutely. Uh, so that's all I got. You know, uh, you know, I could talk about the announcement of the AEW reality show. <laughs> You're super excited. Um, it's not for me. I'll watch it because I like AEW, but I don't. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not for me. It's for trying to get people who aren't wrestling fans to wa- that are reality show fans. To maybe yeah. watch wrestling? I mean, I'll cherry pick it depending on what who's on what episode. Right. You know, they do an Orange Cassidy episode, I'll watch it. They do a Dan Housen, they do a Moxley, something like that. You know, Eddie Kingston, obviously. But, you know, maybe not interested in watching an Adam Cole, Britt Baker episode <laughs> or an MJF episode or, you know, any of that. I don't know if you saw Eddie's tweets about it today. No, I didn't. Um, but he said that he... Pre- uh, he said that he swears a lot, but when he saw the reality show cameras around, he tried to swear a lot more on purpose <laughs> in the hopes that they wouldn't use him. And then he was told by the people who were running it that they loved all of his stuff. <laughs> See, I was under the impression that it was like I, I didn't read any of the press release, so I was just going by what I heard in the background as I wasn't paying attention to the announcement. I thought it was kind of like a you know, this week is kind of like, we're going to follow this wrestler, and this week we're going to follow this wrestler. Is it kind of a, just an all-encompassing, this is what happened backstage in AEW, you know, well, over the course you of know, obviously, weeks? I assume they're going to follow, like, one wrestler or one person or one whomever, but, like, that person's going to interact with other people, you know? No, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I... See, when you say that, you know, it's like it could be a shitty wrestler that I don't care about, and right. then if they interact with somebody I like, I might have to watch it. Right. I'll give it the perusing with the DVR. And it was just with Eddie saying that reminded me of a story. And I love telling the story. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was on Howard Stern many years ago, right? All right. And he told the story that he went on the Jay Leno Tonight Show, and he was going to do a magic trick. He had bought this elaborate magic trick that he was going to do on the Tonight Show, right? And he goes and he does the trick, and the trick doesn't work. It breaks. It doesn't work, whatever. So Neil Patrick Harris is like, I can't have this going out of the air, so I'm just going to keep swearing, right? <laughs> because they're not going to – if if I swear once or twice, they could beat me. But if I just swear for like a minute, they can't use any of it. So that's <laughs> what I did. 
after I was done swearing, goes, Jay just swept all the stuff off the table, took a beat, and picked up the interview like we never did the trick. (laughs) And I always think that when ever I'm, like, on a podcast or, like, some place where it's live to tape, and if I screw up and I they didn't notice it, but I notice it, I'll start swearing so they have to cut. Okay. And they're like, oh, no, we don't, you can't swear. And I'm like, oh, I forgot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're like, oh, let's take that again, huh? <laughs> Con- look at this, professional advice from Joe Sposto. That's right. You gotta put this behind a paywall, Joe. And speaking of paywalls. Oh, there you go. Look at that segue. That's, this is why they call you a broadcasting uh, master. <laughs> I know. Uh, Speaking of paywalls, I have to assign the first ever Patreon-exclusive episode of Show Homework, Joe. Well, you don't have to, but you're going to anyway. No, you know what? I get to. That's the better way of doing it. And so, obviously, with as we record this, it is February 23rd. Next week, when our episode drops, it will officially be March, and that is the launch of our Patreon. So, for as little as a dollar, you can support the show But at the $5 tier, you have access to all of our shows, including show homework. And Joe, I'm no dummy, despite what people say, what the many, many, many people say. And I know that the first thing I assign has to be something that's going to get some butts in the seats. And I am going to assign Wrestling with Shadows. Oh, hey, I know that. Exactly. So obviously a lot of people getting their vinegar syndrome disc in the mail, not me. My Amazon one isn't coming out till next month. I know that uh, obviously the boar talked about the the alleged screw job on Wrestling Cheers today, this week. And I think it's very timely that we go and examine Mr. Hitman's hit job he did on the unscrupulous alleged Shawn Michaels. So I'm looking forward to it. I have not seen it since it first came out. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I, and I will tell you that it is uh, on YouTube in full. All right. Uh, if you don't have a Blu-ray of it, you just have to search Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. Because that's actually the official title of the deep di- we, we all call it Wrestling with Shadows, but the official title is Hitman Heart colon Wrestling with Shadows. <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, I haven't seen this since it first came out. Uh, it won't be in time for my DVD, but luckily it is on 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 YouTube, as you pointed out. So yeah, that'll be our first thing dropping uh, next week, right after we uh, release the regular podcast. The uh, show homework will be available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. Um, and I know I've had uh, people contact me saying like, oh, why don't you put this behind the paywall? Why don't you put this as well behind the paywall? How about you put this behind the paywall? And I'm like, those are all Adam questions. Go bring those to Adam. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously I am running the Patreon. Uh, Joe just gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, thank you again to all the people that already subscribed but now is the time because content will be arriving shortly. Yes. Uh, so obviously there was no homework from last week. We covered all the pay-per-view stuff. Um, let's get into our voicemails, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, I've had this thought for a while, and with the rumor this week that Vince might be back in creative, God, I hope not. He is. figured a, yeah. a good enough week to ask it. Um, someone like Vince, who had plenty to hide and plenty to cover up. And, you know, I'm sure we don't know everything nowhere near, 
do you think in a way he surrounded himself by people that he had dirt on? Like the best way to not have anyone expose your dirt is to have dirt on them. And by that, I mean, you know, um, someone like Pat Patterson who was in the closet, you know, like it may have been known within certain people, but there's a long time where that wasn't something that could be known. Uh, someone like Jerry Lawler with his allegations, you know, I mean, does he surround himself with people that can't say anything about his stuff because he can take them down too? Is this a thing that bad people do? Because I've known people that do it or have done it. Um, and Joe, you being the aficionado, wrestling historian, whatever, you might know more things of people that Vince surrounded himself with. It's like, yeah, this person had some shit on them and Vince knew and, you know, would come out later on and, yeah, you, you might have a point there. Or I could be talking out my ass. I've done that before, too. So that's my question for the week. Looking forward to the show, guys. Talk to you later. Before you get into your real answer, I'll just say I don't necessarily know if Vince had dirt on people, but he's a ridiculously rich white man, so you tend to get away with a lot of stuff and have the ability to make things go your way. Right, and that's obviously number one. Um, and I, I And I see the road that Kevin is on, but I think he might have taken a left turn somewhere because it's not like Jerry Lawler was in the inner circle for years and years and years. Vince and Lawler were like suing each other over all sorts of crazy things, right? Like mm-hmm. when WWF had Harley Race be King Harley Race, Lawler sued them because when they would advertise shows in the Memphis territory, they wouldn't advertise them as King Harley Race. They would advertise him as the king of professional wrestling (laughs) to try to make people think that Lawler was there. And I I get what you're saying with the Pat Patterson thing. And obviously, you know, the stigma regarding, you know, homosexual relationships and just being homosexual in the 70s and early 80s and into the 90s. You know, it was one of the worst kept secrets and nobody really cared. And it's not so much that Vince keeps people around that he has dirt on. It's. Vince keeps people around that are going to keep their mouths shut about the shit that he does. Yeah. And essentially, yes, man. And listen, I love Bruce to death, but Bruce ain't going to say bad about Vince with a, you know, the gun that he brought to work that got him fired to his head, you know? Um, and what happens is, as Adam mentioned, he's a rich white man who is surrounded by yes men who continually look the other way or pat him on the back when he does these horrible things. And you get to a point where you think you're invincible and you can't be stopped. And sadly for a long time, Vince couldn't be stopped. And, and I, I argued like that he six, can't seven months. We thought he was stopped and now <laughs> yeah. he's back. Yeah. Like him being stopped air quotes was him getting a vacation for a couple months, right? <laughs> Not losing any money, maybe losing a little bit of public perception but at the end of the day that doesn't matter because the money's still coming in right you know so and and from the looks of it he's just back to doing what he was doing right and there's a lot of reports and everything else like that and the only the only real substantial thing that i'll say is you know wrestlemania goes hollywood and they have like all the promotional stuff is like all the principles are on like movie posters Mm -hmm. and if you look at the movie posters that they have for like roman and cody and whomever else Seth, whatever, like at the bottom, it's set up like a movie poster where it says like credits, and on the bottom of all of them, it says executive producer Vince McMahon. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's not like these were things that we had in the can for months 
you know, seven, eight months ago, and we can't change them. It's like literally a digital thing that you could just change. So that's the really only telltale sign that I could point to. Um, you know, one hillbilly hearing from one other person, some conjecture um, in his DMs does not substantiate a truth for me. But I didn't need to know that to know that Vince was back. When Stephanie left, I knew Vince was back. Yeah. Or or when it looks like it's going to be almost versus Brock Lesnar for Mania. Ah, you know what? I'm intrigued to see where they go with that. That's an in- I don't think we're going to get almost versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, but I think we're going to get almost versus Brock Lesnar maybe on like an episode of Raw or something. Ugh, not not intrigued here, but uh I, I, I it's like a car crash sort of thing. All right, thanks Kevin. Thank you Kevin. Next call. Hey, Adam, Joe, it's the other JP here. Uh, thanks for your recommendations for uh, Kevin Nash. Uh, those paparazzi productions um, clips, those were, uh, those were good. Nice. Uh, good watch there. Um, just recently over uh, the holiday, or there was a uh, Valentine's Day sale at a, um, like a film restoration distributor, um, and they had um, some... They had a couple of wrestling uh, documentaries and uh, movies there. I got a uh, El Santo movie, and then I got the documentary for the uh, Glorious Ladies of Wrestling, uh, Glow. Uh, nice limited edition slipcover. Um, I'm wondering if there's any other uh, wrestling documentaries that I should look forward to get on print. Um, you know, physical copies and all that, because, you know, there's only so long that Everything's going to hang out around Tubi or bootlegs on YouTube and whatnot. All right. Let me know. Well, obviously, you should uh, not only go and watch it on YouTube, but then subscribe to our Patreon and listen to us discuss it. Wrestling with Shadows is a great uh, example. Um, Beyond the Mat, I think both Joe and I would agree on, is a is a great thing if you haven't seen it. For sure. Um, what else, Joe? Uh, so obviously there's a ton of WWE produced documentaries and, you know, I say buyer beware, you know, <laughs> self-destruction of the ultimate warrior comes to mind. Now the- I will say that is the one that I would suggest getting yeah. only because it was the only one that they actually put out. That was a hit piece and they don't talk about that one so much. No more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was great. There's rumor that they made a Bret Hart one in the same vein as the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior one, and they kind of used it as leverage to try to get Bret to come back to do business with them. Okay, how did that um, go over? <laughs> well, again, it was more or less like Bret's like, well, what do I got to do, you know, so that you don't, like, put this out. You guys control all the footage. You guys control all the narrative of my career and you could guys could just shit on me and make me look like the ultimate warrior. And that would be my legacy. Um, so Brett decided to come back. And again, I'd still like to see the, the hit piece that they did on Mr. Hitman, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I was just going to say, if we're talking about WWE, WWE DVDs and obviously when other JB mentioned this, I, my mind didn't go to any of their stuff, but other than the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, I really like the rise and fall of ECW. Obviously, a, a one-sided, glorified puff piece, but still very entertaining for an ECW fan. Yeah, that one's okay. Like um, it. I'll also mention the like you're going to want to try to find the ones that were not produced by WWF. 
Um, there's a world-class one that was produced by WWF, and there's a world-class one that wasn't produced by WWF. Um, I'd go for the one that wasn't produced by WWF. And then there's another one that's called Memphis Heat. came out maybe about like uh, 10, 11 years ago. Uh, Memphis Heat, the true story of Memphis wrestling. Uh, that one's really good. Hmm. There's also one called Divas Undressed. I recommend that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> what? It was a good documentary. I learned a lot of things from that one, Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I said, I would recommend the, the Memphis Heat one. We said uh, Hitman Heart, Wrestling with Shadows, Beyond the Mat. And I, I, I'm trying to look up the name of the world-class one. Is that like Triumph and Tragedy of yes. World Class? Okay. Yeah, I have that one, or I had that one at one point. One of my big regrets, and I think we'll line up on this, uh, is when they launched the network, I got rid of so many DVDs because I was like, oh, I only own this one because I wanted these two matches or something like that. And I could just go stream it with no problem. And so I got rid of 90% of my wrestling DVDs. And obviously that's looking like more and more like a mistake. I will say Triumph and Tragedy of World Class is on YouTube in full. Okay. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, I think Memphis Heat is on Amazon Prime, maybe? Hmm. Right. Um, yeah, so that's on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. So I would recommend those two. Listen, I love old 80s wrestling, man, and that's the stuff. And, you know, the stuff that's not WWF eyes is usually the better stuff because you're going to get, like, a more truthful telling of what happened. I wish there was a Houston wrestling one, you know? Sure. Thanks, JB. Thank you, JB. I don't know what Houston wrestling means. Stop it. I don't. (laughs) Next call. Next call. Enough. Uh, What's happening, fellas? It's Buddy Kenny. Uh, Hope all is going well. Uh, I don't know. uh, Did anything in wrestling even happen this week? Like, uh, I don't know, pretty mundane, uh, pretty slow news week or whatever. But uh, of all the things that didn't happen this week... Unfortunately, Adam is still blocked by the Ayatollah Rock and Roller, <laughs> even though he was right there with him in 1998 as a conspiracy victim, and is still a victim of the same conspiracy in 2023. So sad. I tried, Adam. I tried. Did my best, man. Hopefully, we'll get him. We'll get him next time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, Kenny. Kenny's good uh, looking out for me. It didn't work, you know. I, you know what? I, I didn't check it recently. Maybe, maybe Jericho was just busy the last couple of days with TV. Um, uh, hold on, let's see. Search at I am Jericho. Oh, there he is. Oh, you are blocked from following at I am Jericho and viewing his tweets. <laughs> One day. It's all your fault, Joe. You peer pressured me into tweeting at him that he looked like a bloated corpse. He did look like a bloated corpse. I just didn't tag him in the remarks that I would say about it. <sighs> it's your fault. You ruined you ruined this, Joe. Well, Adam, I was going to say, you look like a very pretty boy in that picture when you were done up like Chris Jericho. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm just missing some cat ears and I'd be all set. <laughs> well, that, I think that bears the question. What happened? Ah, <laughs> uh, I discovered alcohol, pizza, and cigarettes. <laughs> there you go. Listen, I I make the joke that I look like, you know, the after picture of the Toxic Avenger, but like the before picture don't look much different, you know. 
Yeah. It's before pictures, like maybe like 80 pounds lighter and that's about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I had great hair back then. It's a Good, shame. Nice pouty lips. <laughs> and anyway, let's get to the next call before I, Oh, it's the pink button time. It's time for young Ed. All right. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I'm just sitting here and I bought the issue eight of booster gold off eBay. And I'm just looking at some other stuff, right? Trying to figure out what what I'm going to get next to try to complete a run. And I stumbled upon uh, two books. And Adam, you seem really offended that I didn't ask your opinion on comics. So I'm going to, this is for you. All right. I have a comic question. Which autographed copy of um, Superman American Alien should I get? Um, there's issue five and the issue five variant cover. And they're both signed by Max Landis. So uh, I'll just put your opinion. Which one of these autographed Max Landis comic books did I get? Hey, bye. Um, first of all, Ed, I, I can't stay mad at you, so I wasn't offended. And uh, I'll, I'll have to look forward to looking at our eBay click-through uh, to make sure that that purchase of Booster Gold number 8 went through our, our thing. Because uh, I know you mastered our Amazon click-through, so I'm sure our eBay click-through will be a, just a snap. Um, as far as which Max Landis autograph comic you should buy, do you have to buy one? Uh, if you have to buy one, I would buy the cheaper one, and that way when you throw it out, it won't be as much of a financial burden. Do you want to see what the two covers look like? Uh, if it matters, sure. <laughs> I didn't even know is I didn't even know he did comics. I know he had that little rant that was popular about the reign of Superman back in the day. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's what got him the gig to write a Superman story, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing it right now. That's... So there's one of the covers, right? All right. I'm going to assume that's the standard cover. Cause it's got the indicia on it. Let me see where the variant cover is. It's important stuff for all the non-comic fans on this. But listen, is this issue five. That's a very small picture, but, uh, me I see. mean, they're Hang both, on. they're both bad. Uh, I would go with the regular cover, cover A. Is, is the one that's on the screen right now the cover A? Yeah. All right, so the close-up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is the less objectionable of the two. I mean, they're both like, why is Superman wearing like a, did he join the shield? He's wearing like a tactical vest and goggles. Don't worry about what Superman's up to, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. But I will say this, while uh, Max Landis is in the top five of most contemptible people out of Hollywood, um, I heard the book was not too bad, but I'll never know because I'm not allowed to support Max Landis. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I am glad that Ed got his uh, missing copy of Booster Gold, so I believe his run is complete. Yes. Now he needs to work on getting those all CGC'd. <sighs> <laughs> when he sent me the text... Of like sh- like he like he had just discovered CGC comics, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Joe, why is this issue of Booster Gold seven hundred dollars? <laughs> and I'm like, well, and I had to explain what CGC grading was to him. <laughs> and then I knew you had a copy for sure, so I'm like, Adam, could you message Ed and send or uh, put out that you have a copy of this and taunt Ed with it or something? 
Yeah, and Ed was like, that's a $700 book. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it won't be a $700 book for long. It'll be, give it a year, that'll be back down to three, four hundred bucks. Okay. Next call, also from yep. Ed. Oh, hey, Ed. Hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. Um, I'm on my break doing my taxes, and this is the most stressful thing I've ever, uh, you know, been involved with in my life. And I won't do it again next year, and I'll headbutt a running saw before I ever do this <laughs> shit again. Um, that's it. I'm very stressed out. That's mostly it. I just know I should call because uh, it's it's Thursday. You record tonight, and I I just don't have much to say. Um. Except I, I hate, I hate this country. Uh, I hate it so fucking much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people think Vince McMahon's booking again because Sami Zayn got attacked by Darren Corbin, and I don't think they're wrong. Okay, bye. <laughs> you got some wrestling stuff in there, Adam. That brings up an interesting question: Do yes, you do your own taxes? Um, so I used to go to like H and R Block and just pay them like. Well, I started going to H&R Block when it was like, hey, you can do it for free as long as you have a simple filing. So I go there and then they charge you like 20 bucks to do your state. So it seemed like, well, why not? You know, um, and then when they got rid of that and they switched to like it's one hundred dollars, I, I was doing that for a while. But I did switch to doing my own maybe like five years ago. OK. And Ed, if it makes you feel any better. Because of the fact that I uh, got a severance package from the importer-exporter and they did not tax it well or properly, uh, I had, uh, let's just say, a massive, massive tax bill when I did my taxes. So if you're getting any money back, bud, you're ahead of me on this one. So I used to do my taxes until I became a homeowner. Yeah. And started filing jointly with my wife. I'll file my own taxes and fuck it up and I'll be okay with it because I fucked up my own taxes. But if I'm filing somebody else's taxes along with mine, we just pay like there's a where we live, like we met, like we, we got introduced to it for like through a friend, through a friend, um, a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, an accountant, like a local accountant, not like the H and R block or like the yeah. pop-up things, you know? Yeah. They're like a real accountant and we just pay them and they do it. And, like, they take a cut of the fucking money, yeah. (laughs) But I haven't seen a tax return of mine since 2005 when I became a homeowner and got married and started filing jointly. So I don't care. Yeah. Um, You you mean you haven't seen it as in, like, you don't handle it or you haven't gotten any money? I I don't know what that money—I'm not told what a refund (laughs) is. I don't see what the refund is. It's above your pay grade is what you're saying. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, like for uh, you know, for 18 years I just had a W2 from one company. Right. So like I never worried about fucking up my W or my taxes because it's like okay, like uh, recently they, it just automatically imports your W2, but even before that it was just like okay, what does this line say? Type it in here. What does this line say here? But this year with me selling a lot of stuff on eBay, and handling the Patreon and all that stuff, you know, I feel like next year's taxes are going to be a little bit more complicated than what I'm used to. We'll talk, pal. <laughs> um, but even like eBay, like I, I have the $600 a year threshold and I, I blew through that in January, you know, yeah. so it's like I'm getting a whatever the tax form is from eBay at the end of the year. So 
Uh, yeah, so long, simple forms. Right, and that was the thing I was going to say to Ed is, um, obviously, it's been a long time since I've done my own taxes as a single person who wasn't a homeowner, but obviously there's the ten, the 1040A, there's the 1040 long, and then there's the 1040 short. You could do the short, you don't get as much back, but it's less stuff to fill out. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, unless you have a billion business expenses to write off, you're not getting or like you're not getting anything extra on that long form. Yeah, and like I am a homeowner, and I have been for like six years, and every time I try to put in the expenses from the home, because I think it says like, oh, you get you get to write off the ta- the the taxes that you pay or not even that like a percentage of the interest on your loan and every time i put it in it says like okay you didn't pay enough in interest this year for it to matter so being a homeowner hasn't helped me as far as filing a tax return yet so as someone someone who works from home and has been working from home for the last three years um i was told that i could write off you know uh, the fact that i work from home on my taxes and like this you know the hours that i work and the square footage of my office and the internet bill and the usage and all that sort of thing and adam you know how, you don't you know how much i got back on my taxes i was told this because i went through a lot of work to get all that information mm. and you know how much extra we got from that how much seven dollars <laughs> it makes it all worth it Joe. for the year yeah, because <laughs> like my dad, my father-in-law, all these other people that I know that work from home are telling me, oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And then when I did it and I showed them how much I got, they're like, well, I guess it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of the year, when I'm writing off the uh, domain charges for at com, you know, and that goes on there, I- I'm sure we'll get a lot more. I'll get a lot more back on my taxes. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to write all that stuff right off my Internet. Right off the new shiny computer I need for producing all the shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. I, any more calls? Yes, we have one more call from Young Ed. Oh, Ed. Hey, Joan Adam. It's Ed. Um, who the fuck is calling me? <laughs> anyway, um, so I had a snack and I smoked a. a a bowl and I feel better now. Um, so I just want to ask you guys a real question. Wrestling's lame, and I don't want to talk about it right now. Um, but I went to wrestling <laughs> last weekend, and because I was in Columbus, I got I just got a hotel, and I uh, I got there early, and uh, I don't have cable, so I just sat there and I watched like three hours of Teen Titans Go. And I just forgot how much I love that show and how fucking perfect it is, and um. How it's it's the greatest it's the greatest visual media like like movie or TV wise that DC's ever made ever um and I just want to know that uh, of course you guys disagree with that but like what what do you think is and because you're both uh, older white gentlemen I'm gonna make you take the Tim Burton Batman movie out of it you can't say the Tim Burton Batman movie. Um, you gotta pick something else, because I, I, I'm gonna guess that that would be up there for you guys. So, uh, yeah, what do you, from DC, like, what, what do you think? Teen Titans Go is absolutely fucking perfect. Like, that show hits every time. It's very good. Okay, bye! <laughs> First of all, 
Uh, I would not put a Tim Burton Batman movie in my top uh, whatever, but I thought you said animated at first. Was I? Did well, I, I think what Ed was saying, like any sort of like media, like TV oh. show, movie, animated thing, whatever. Gotcha. From DC. Yeah. All right. I'll let you go first while I decide what I want to say. So I wouldn't say Teen Titans the best, but I really like Teen Titans Go. It's up there. It's- I've never seen an episode. Oh my god, it's so much fun. Um, so obviously I was completely out of like all that sort of uh, extracurricular stuff. Even like the original Teen Titans cartoon that was on. I think I watched like Young Justice and stuff, which is good, but it kind of fell off a little bit. But you could say that this is like a TV show for babies. But it's actually if they they took rejected scripts for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and inserted the main five Teen Titans characters in it. <laughs> That's essentially what Teen Titans Go is. Like, it's it's always sunny for Phil, in Philadelphia for kids. <laughs> but All that's, right. not, that's not damning it. That's, that's saying it's awesome. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but number one is Batman the Animated Series. Um, hands down, stands the test of time. Beautiful animation that's over 30 years old that still looks like it was done today and better than most cartoons today. Um, Great stories, great mix of themes of Batman. And I would say that has just as much influence on the Batman that we know today as, like, Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns. No, I agree, yeah. Um, Yeah, Batman Adventure is definitely up there for me. Um, I don't know if I can give, like, a, a definitive number one to anything. But Batman Adventures is really good. Uh, the Justice League cartoon, which turned into Justice League Unlimited. I, probably, I would put that at number two. Yeah, that that might be my – specifically Unlimited might be my number one when it comes to DC cartoons just because of the variety. I mean yeah. you have an episode of like based on Booster Gold, The Question, like all that different stuff and um, you know episodes based on like – uh, for the man who has everything and like different classic DC stories. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, Batman 89. No way, man. Um, if I had to pick a Batman movie, it would, I don't know. I like the Nolan Batmans and I will say a guilty pleasure. And I have to be very specific on this because I hate every other season. The first two seasons of arrow and the first season of The Flash. Everything after that you can disregard, but those three seasons of television were really good. I really like the first couple seasons of The Flash. Second one's not bad, but it's been a straight 45-degree angle down. Like, this last season has been unwatchable, and I'm still yeah. watching it, but it's bad. Yeah. Maybe Legends. Legends oh. might be the best live-action DC thing ever. Legends of Tomorrow is the best live-action DC thing Ed, watch Legends of Tomorrow. Oh my god, Ed would love it. Ed would love I, Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, I'm changing all my answers to just Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, don't worry about who anybody is. You'll figure it out. Like All the characters are spun out of Arrow and Flash and Batwoman and all that crap. But uh, Legends of Tomorrow on its own stands. And Ed, you would absolutely love Legends. But yeah, Teen Titans Go is really good. Don't anybody, that's, This is a good test. If you know somebody and they say Teen Titans Go is not good, they're not a good person. <laughs> yeah, I just never saw it, so I won't say that. Right, but. so don't say it's good or bad until you judge for yourself. Fair enough, but... Um, thank, but thank, thank you, everyone, for calling, uh, of course. 
Um, I would be remiss not to mention um, this is the weekend where there's the sale on the T Public store. Uh, okay. The link is in the show notes. Thirty five percent off any of the purchases. You can get shirts. And designs inspired by uh, this show, At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, you can get shirts, you can get cell phone covers, notebooks, all sorts of shit like that. Uh, you can also help us out by making any of your eBay purchases through our eBay affiliate links. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you have questions about how to use that, <coughs> and, uh, just uh, message me and I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah, it's not that tough. You know, there's a link in every single one of the show posts. Um, it's new. We're still getting the hang of it. We're still working out the kinks of everything. Um, but I think I got it figured out, but we're getting there, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, I um, go oh, go ahead. And that's no, all I got. Just... That's all I got. Oh, and, uh, independentwrestling.tv, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Uh, use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. Um, you know, it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. And if you continue your, your subscription with him, we get a kickback on whatever your monthly subscription fee is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the only thing is without being able to, uh, you know, have a full detailed breakdown of what was purchased, like there was an Amazon, I feel like we need to figure out a way to work in the cut of the fucking money. Yeah. bit into these, this area of the show. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm not that <laughs> yeah. small. You got to work that out. But you know what we have figured out, Joe? And that's the award eligible at oddswrestling.com. And obviously, all the links to what you just talked about are available there, as is our Patreon. Uh, as we mentioned before, I'm going to give it another plug here. But just because I just heard Ed's voice, uh, you know, maybe coming soon to Patreon, Porch Talk presents Adam and Ed take some nose beers and do a Patreon. Oh. <laughs> it, it won with 69% of the vote which is nice. But if you don't want to hear that, one thing you should listen to is all these other podcasts. And those are long box heroes, long box heroes after dark final wrestling place. We need wrestling porch talk viewers choice wrestling cheers with our friend, the boar indie wrestling guide wings on wings. If you catch my grift and coming in April of 2023, Hiya a wrestling adjacent podcast. Hiya bussy. I just want to say that I, I have been contacted by several people telling me to make Ed change the name of the podcast. Change it again away from Hayabusi? Not have it be Hayabusi. <laughs> and well, I said, absolutely not. If we're going to have Ed, I want unfiltered Ed. Oh, 100%. Like, I no don't notes. want... Whatever Ed presents, is it's Ed. Yeah, unfiltered, no editing, like... I want uncooked, uncut, <laughs> raw, uncensored, Ed, you know? Yes. But I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, I, I was mad because obviously Ed has a Twitter for the podcast, and his only tweet is the fact that some asshole has at Hayabusi as their, like, burner backup, and they're not using it. Uh, you know what? Elon was supposed to come in. And in addition to saving Twitter, we're supposed to shut down all those inactive accounts. And are you telling me Elon's a liar? Uh, it sure seems that way. Ah, oh, all right. Well, hopefully that account will get abandoned and Ed can have two. But anyways, Joe, speaking of abandoning things, do you have anything to purge? I do. Uh, I have a screenshot of Daddy Magic Matt Menard uh, calling Mike Tyson a mark. <laughs> Um, and just in case, uh, he got cold feet and decided to, to delete it, uh, spoilers, he's not deleting it, because he's a maniac. 
Um, and then I also have uh, somebody who said that they listened to a podcast and they were afraid that no one would like it. And I told them that they were out of their mind. <laughs> All right. I have nothing to purge. I, I I don't have anything really new up on my eBay site. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a slow week of purges for me. But I do have weekly purchases, Joe. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. All right, Joe, I have a surprisingly light week in weekly purchases, and I don't say that ironically. Like, it's it's not much. Uh, but I'll start things off by saying I did pre-order from Ringside the Mattel Retro Ringside Exclusive NWO set with Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Six. Oh, that's right. That went up this past Friday, right? Yep, last Friday, like the day after we recorded before, and uh, uh, I had previously bought Series 1 of the Retros and then kind of regretted it and really only wanted the Piper, but I ended up selling that recently, uh, but this is a set that I legitimately like want. You know, I, I like the NWO figures, and uh, it'll never get opened, you know, <laughs> it'll stay in the box, but I don't know I had it. Absolutely. What about you, Joe? Did you buy anything? I did. Um, I don't want to say that I was bullied, but I was definitely coerced uh, into purchasing the Horror Hotline repurpose Papa Shango t-shirt that they put up this week. Okay, I think I saw that in one of our chats. Right, I had to like decide if I wanted the like the, the full-color poppin' one or the more distressed charcoal-looking one. Alright, which one did you do? I went for the more full-color poppin' one, right? See, I'm a distressed guy. <laughs> well, my whole life is distressed. Let's have a little bit of sunshine and color in my life, you know? Yeah. No, I and I passed on the Hitman one last week, and I have to be careful. I don't want to run into this thing where I'm purchasing, like, a boutique $35 repro t-shirt every week, right? Yeah. So the Papa Shango was a, um, a knee-jerk reaction. I'm cutting myself off. Um, unless they make one of these three shirts, okay? And these are the only ones that I'm limited, or, um... They are allowed. These, okay, these four. Okay? <laughs> All right. These, these seven, but no, these four, okay? And this covers a lot of ground, but if they do in that same style, you know, like, the, you saw the Shango one, and I'm sure you saw, like, the Doink one, and they did, like, a bunch of other new generation people like that, right? Yeah. If they do, if somebody does a brother love one like that, I have to get that one. <laughs> All right. I legally have to get that one. I think so. Uh, if they do um, of that era, Mankind or Dude Love, not Cactus Jack, Mankind or Dude Love, that counts as one because they're the same person. <laughs> uh, All right, I'll allow it. If they do a repro, as we mentioned at the top of the show... Of the Monday Night Jericho shirt. You would buy that? Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. I love, yeah. I love that era. Listen, as much as we should on Chris Jericho 2023, yeah. like, no one would, like, from 1996 
to like 2003, no one was cooler than Jericho. He had like 100%. a great run, you know? Yeah, 100%. Probably, um, probably then, my favorite wrestler, like post Shawn Michaels, you know? And then the other one would be if they do a uh, repro of the WCW Listen Up snap, Slap Nut shirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking of it now that Jericho shirt is number one and there's just a giant gap. Like if I was to try to pick number two, you know, I could probably name a bunch of stuff, but there's such a distant number two that I would be like, oh, I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on this. I need to save the money in case next week <laughs> the Monday Night Jericho shirt comes out. I have to be ready, you know, so uh, what yeah, are the chances of them doing a Brucey shirt like that? But probably zero. <laughs> okay. What are the chances of them doing the repro listen up slap nut shirt? Pretty good. I think that one's actually likely. All right. Yeah, I think that one's one of your more likely options. Oh, I think we're gonna be up to an even like half dozen here. If they do new generation country music superstar Jeff Jarrett shirt, like the Doink and Shango shirts. Okay. I'm lucky that I I I don't have the urge to buy T shirts like like that where it's like oh you guys all like erupt when a new design comes up and i'll look at them oh that's cool and there was a couple uh ecw ones that i was like oh you know i used to have that shirt or i used to want that shirt i'm like and then i see the price and i'm like ah i'll buy a doll you know again i felt good buying the ecw one because i know paul's not getting any of that money yeah no i hear you absolutely yeah all right, uh, my next purchase uh, and my last purchase for weekly segment or for weekly purchases, Joe, is I ordered, uh, and I know this is going to be a surprise because people people think that I'm not a Bendy's guy, but I'm clearly am. Uh, I bought from um, Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, I bought the last set of Broski and Myers Major Bendy's that they put up, the exclusive set. So that is the Ghostbuster Broski and the Myers in the Mets colors. Good thing you're not a Bendy's guy, you know? Uh, you know, exactly, you know? Um, but did you buy anything else, Joe? Well, I was going to ask, how many of the Hacksaw Jim Duggins did you pre-order? Uh, they are not available for pre-order, and I did not and will not order one. I did comment on Broski's thread that if uh, he comes out with a Canadian repaint, I would buy one. <laughs> Like a Team Canada one. Uh, and uh, no reaction from Broski on that one, sadly. Of course. Got I got a message connect on that. He's too busy <laughs> fleecing people with the three faces of Broski autograph cards. Those uh, depends on the price. Maybe we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. My, but, the, the price would have to be go fuck yourself. <laughs> but enough Broski slander. Do you have anything else, Joe? No, that's it, Adam. All right. But you know what? I do have something else. And, Joe, I'm pretty pissed off. All heat, no heaters. Joe? Adam, were you made to be a sucker this week? I'll get to it. I'll get to it. (laughs) There's, there's many layers to me being mad right now. And I'm going to start off with Kevin Ford, that son of what? a bitch. That son of a bitch went to a Walmart, saw a Mattel WrestleMania shipper just filled to the brim with toys. Filled to the brim. More elites than I've ever seen in one place aside from in a toy store. 
Does he share in our doll chat group chat? No. Where does he go? He goes right to the major group. He posts it in there and I don't see it until hours later. If I had seen it when he was shopping, if he had put it in the doll chat, I would have went to Walmart and I would have looked for one in my area. But no, he doesn't put it in our doll chat. But that's just problem number one, Joe. The next day, I go to the local Scranton slash Dixon City Walmart, and there isn't one of those Walmart uh, like wrestling shippers in the toy section. No, why would there be? It's over by like lawn and garden and cosmetics. Uh, so I did find it. And Joe, what's the first thing I see there? I see the Series 2 Superstars figures of Hall, Nash, and HBK all minty mint unpunched for 20 bucks a piece. And why does that sound familiar? Because I just bought all those from Paul Mart a week ago for 30 bucks a piece. Because <laughs> Series 2 hadn't been in our stores for months. The pegs were being clogged with Series 3. And I thought I would never see Series 2, but oh, they were just sitting in a goddamn warehouse waiting for WrestleMania season to kick off. But I calmed down and I decided, you know what? I'm going to buy a Nash Superstars. I already have one that I got from Paul Mart, but the one I got from Paul Mart did not pass the jeweler's loop test. It was all right, but it was uh, it, it was in need of an upgrade. So I, I did a little purchase of Nash, and I'll return the one I got from Paul Mart in a couple days. You know, circle of life. And I also bought the Elite 98 Finn Balor. Uh, which is just another, like, it's his last Demon Balor one. So I kind of collect those when I see them, and if I could buy it at cost, I will. So, Joe, this is where the story gets interesting. Uh, I sent a picture in our group chat of some of the other stuff that was there, and I believe it was that Kevin Ford pointed out that... The hell? Was, what? The hell is your problem with Kevin Ford? I'm just, you. This is my segment right now. <laughs> That's all right. It's all in good fun. I'm not mad at Kevin Ford, but I believe he was the one who pointed out that the Mania 39 Hogan and Dusty figures that I I saw in the store were no longer on ringside and were selling for a couple bucks. They were selling like on eBay. So I saw them there and I was like, ah, I don't need those. You know, they're cool. There were some other ones that were cool, but I was like, you know what? It's the year of financial responsibility. I'm going to upgrade my Nash. I'm going to buy this Finn Balor, so I go up to the checkout. I scan the, the Nash, no problem. I scan the Finn Balor, and a thing comes up on the screen and says, see an associate. <gasps> so I flag over the lady. She looks at it. She puts in her code on the keyboard, and it scans through, no problem. So I check out. I leave. No, no big deal. I think to myself, maybe it's like a street date thing. Like maybe the shipper's not supposed to go out for a couple more days or whatever, but okay. no big deal. She, she keyed it in. All right. She didn't so, take it away from you. She didn't say anything. Nope. Just put her number in. Didn't care. You know, just, it was like an older lady, you know, she, she ain't got time for that. You know, <laughs> she's like, here's my code. I'm putting it in. Just buy your doll. You fucking dork. <laughs> right. So I leave with my Balor and my Nash and I got peer pressured a bit in our group chat by a bunch of people saying to go back and get the dusty. And to go back and get the Hogan. Uh, so after a little bit of peer pressure, because I'm very susceptible to it, I went back and I grabbed them. And I gave them a quick jeweler's loop look. There was only one Dusty, but it was in great shape. 
And there was a couple Hogan's. There's like two Hogan's, but I'm like, I'm just going to grab the one. I don't really want the Hogan, but I was like, I, I want the Dusty. But the Hogan, I was like, I'll, I'll get it just because, again, they're not on ringside anymore. And eBay, they're selling for like 40, 45 bucks. I'll get it. And if I change my mind down the road, I'll sell it. You know, not a big deal. So go up to the front checkout and I scan the Hogan. And like if when you scan it, there's a little bit of like the spin wheel on the screen. So like when that's happening, I'm putting the, the figure in the bag. Uh, but I scan the Hogan and the same error message comes up. And I flag over the lady, and it's a different lady this time, Joe. And I point at the screen, I was like, hey, this happened. So instead of putting her code in, she hits, like, cancel on the screen, and it removes, like, whatever that prompt was. She then, like, reaches for the Dusty that's in my hand and goes and scans it herself and gets that message, and she puts in her numbers and then hands me back the Dusty. Not a big deal, right, Joe? Doesn't sound like a bit. It's a big deal, but she grabbed that dusty off of me <laughs> like she was trying to strip a football in the NFL. <laughs> she she then slams it against the scanner. She's holding it by you know how an elite figure has like the flat tab on the top. I'm I'm looking at my dusty right now. So she grabs it by the corner of that that little tab thing and swing and like kind of slaps it down the scanner. Peels it back by that tab, beeps it, then hands it back to me. (laughs) I look at the thing and I'm like, no, she doesn't hand it back to me. She sticks it in the bag. So I just sent you the picture. So initially I was like, that's that fucking bitch. She she tore the tape on the top of it. So I I took it out of the box. Oh, boy. She ripped a big chunk of the box open. And I'm standing there just stunned disbelief. I was like, the only reason why I went and did a U-turn and went back to this store was to buy this fucking Dusty figure. And this lady just literally rips the box. Like, you had, it's it's not like, oh, it was just this gentle, oh, I can't believe that. She was just, like, slapping the thing against the scanner, like, trying to get it to scan and just, like, oh, my God, I was just in stunned disbelief. She scans that Dusty, puts in her code, sticks it back in my bag, and then I'm like, like, what do I do? Like, do I just delete the Dusty? Like, I don't want it if it's damaged. I'm like, I don't even want the Hogan. But, like, she, I'm like, well, she deleted the Hogan. She just scanned the Dusty and she put it in my bag. I'm paying my $23 and I'm walking out of here. But, no, I decided, I was like, no. I don't know why, but I paid for the Hogan. I took it out and I scanned it. Uh, but like, just the fact that this is the only reason I went back to the store was to buy that goddamn Dusty figure, and like, it got she massacred my boy. Like, it was just oh, I'll tweet out the picture tomorrow. Like, maybe I'm just OCD, but Joe, that's not me being crazy, right? That's a that's a huge rip. That's egregious. That's like a two inch rip on the back of the package. Yeah, and like I said, this thing was perfect it was a 10 out of 10 and it was 11 out of 10 and she just grabbed it by that corner up like right above the d and dusty on that tab and she's just swinging it around slapping it against the scanner and throwing it into my bag and i was just so just stunned disbelief when it happened i'm just like walking out like with my bag and i'm just like goddamn fucking walmart but i was so mad but 
like I said, I don't want the figure now. So I reached out to our friend Dust, uh, our friend, uh, friend Dusty, our friend DJ, who was also in the market for that. I was like, hey, man, do you want this? Because I don't want it anymore. So he's going to take it from me for cost. But I'm probably going to return the Hogan because I'm just so salty that I don't want the Hogan if I can't have the Dusty. And uh, yeah, that that's about it. So like I debated stealing the Hogan. I should have, but I didn't. Well, no, listen, if an associate puts something... if Listen, an associate scans an item, cancels it, puts it in your bag, scans another item, puts that into your bag. What are you supposed to do? I know. Like, there's a moment where I was like, I could just feign ignorance here. Like, I don't know. I scanned it. Look at the cameras. But uh, no, you. But I, that's the thing. You didn't scan it. An associate did. Oh no, I scanned the Hogan. I went beep, scanned it, stuck it in the bag. And a few seconds later, the pop-up came up saying, like, see an associate. I flagged her over. She hit cancel. She grabbed the Dusty from my hand, destroyed the Dusty, scanned that, put it in my bag with the Hogan. So I did scan the Hogan, but in the process of scanning the Hogan, that's what caused the, like, the street date thing to pop up. Mm-hmm. But then she deleted the Hogan from my order and then scanned the Dusty. I, I feel as though you would have been within your rights to walk out with both figures and paying for one because of her incompetence. Two, if she, if I was going there to buy an item that my intentions were to keep in box or to resell at a profit, excuse me, and she manhandles the figure like that and she puts that in there and I have not scanned my card yet, I would have just walked out. <laughs> I, would just left the the, I would have just left the two figures there and just left. Oh, okay. I thought you were just like walking out with them. But... No, I just would have left. Yeah. Like I said, I just didn't want even damage that Dusty's hard to find because DJ went to the Wilkes-Barre Walmart and they didn't have any. Uh, I went to, just because I was just bored, I went on a safari. I went to the uh, South Scranton Walmart and they their shipper was empty. Uh, so like this, there was one Dusty between three Walmarts. So I was like, well, I should grab this because even if I don't want it, in this condition, somebody that's a Lucy collector in our circle wants it. And if none of them want it, then I could flip it, you know, but right. I was, it was just such, I was so mad, man. Like that thing was perfect. I would have kept that figure. I would have like, I would not have flipped that dust because I don't own a dusty, but mm-hmm. now I'm just like, all right, whatever. I want it gone. I want the Hogan gone. I want everything from that shipper gone. I'm so, I was so mad. Nothing else that you're mad about. Not that I can think of. All right, Kevin, you're off the hook. I was just teasing you. You just needed a vent. Yeah, that's it. That's all I can think about. All right. But yeah, my Dusty getting destroyed. That's a bummer. Yeah. But I was at the Walmart, um, the Wilkes-Barre Walmart before we recorded, and I just pr- like I just took a quick walk over to where those were, and I double-checked, and the Dusty was not there. Because like I said, sometimes they put stuff out at weird times, you know? Just because DJ was there at, like, noon or whatever doesn't mean, like, you know, stuff will get picked over, and they'll be like, oh, well, we got more shit in the back. Let's go restock the thing, you know? Yeah, well, usually those shippers, uh, just my, for me knowing from retail, uh, they come pre-stocked. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so they'll just be on a pallet with shrink wrap around it. That's how they get shipped from the manufacturer. So when they come off the truck, they literally just roll them out. And it's either shrink wrap or it might be like an outer cardboard cover. You know, just plain brown cardboard that you lift up 
Um, so all anytime you see one of those branded shippers, whether it be, you know, like wrestling figures or, you know, uh, pots and pans or whatever, if it was if it's from a manufacturer that came with product on it. Uh, so when DJ saw that shipper, whatever figures were on it is all that's going to get put on. Usually when they get picked clean, they just destroy the shipper and that's it, you know. But anyways, that's all I got, Joe. All right. Well, that's all I got as well. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is episode 230 of At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.